Good morning. It's Miranda. Um, just going to jump on here for a quick minute just because um, I've been talking to God and I surprisingly got paid today. I don't think it was supposed to be my payday because I get paid bi-weekly, but I'm not going to complain. And yes, it's my actual paycheck. So <laughs> um, that's always a good thing. Um, there was an incident, I believe, I don't know if it was in 2020 or 2021. I believe it was in early 2021. Um, some lady, a stranger, dropped $700 in my PayPal account. And lo and behold, the odds of, of it being someone that I know who that lady was intending on giving that money to... Um, that girl actually had my old cell phone number and we went to high school together and she was trying to get that money in her PayPal account from her, her, um, fiance's aunt, I believe is who she was. So yeah, it was, it was just a crazy thing. So if you guys, <laughs> if you want to know how that story went down, um, I do have a, a YouTube channel and it's just Miranda Hughes. Um, the title of that episode, or I guess that, I don't know, that video, um, I think I called it Angels Have Emails Too, like T-O-O, -O, um, question mark. And it was actually pretty funny how it went down, but then I think I also did another video that was like kind of giving more insight and more, um, just honest truth as to what went down and, you know, what really happened. Um, I did not get to keep the full 700. I will tell you that. However, because I was honest and upfront with these people and I told them what I plan on doing with the money, um, if I didn't have to give it back, they felt really bad. And they actually let me keep a hundred out of that 700 just for being a good person for doing the right thing and, you know, returning the money. So, um, cause I, I, I'd already cashed it into, well, not cash, but I'd already like transferred the money from PayPal into my actual bank account and I paid whatever fee to have it done. So at this point I was going to have to take some of the money out of my account just to give them the full amount, you know, to get their money. And they realized that and they realized, you know, like I work hard and I'm single and I'm doing all this stuff. So they're like, yeah, we could totally tell that you could use that money too. And we're really sorry, but you know, we really need this, um, for our situation. However, we don't need all of it. So they're like, you can have at least a hundred out of that. And I was just like, so blessed, so grateful. God was so good in that situation. It was awesome. But anyways, um, I don't really talk about a whole lot of money on here. I try not to because, um, well, I'll be honest, like I'm actually learning about money. Um, I think it's very important that people do learn about it. Um, this world actually looks at money like, I don't even know how to describe it, but y'all even, you guys already know what I'm talking about anyways. Like people just do stupid, crazy things over money. Um, it, can ruin lives. It is technically the root of all evil. However, you know, something that God has put on my heart is that and I think most people who handle money well can vouch for this is money necessarily is not the issue. It's the intention of the heart. 
when they're around money or when they are exposed to money or when they're handling money. Um, it's no different than like, I'll be honest, like food or, um, alcohol or anything like that. Like a little bit is okay. But when you start dabbling in it day after day and you're taking more than what you need and you keep increasing it more and more, when it comes to food, you're going to get fat, right? And with alcohol, you just get more drunk. And with drugs, you know, you end up overdosing. And with alcohol, at some point, you know, if you don't quit in certain behaviors and dosages of your intake as far as like how much you drink on the daily because for some people, they can be social drinkers. And then when bad things happen in their life, because I used to be like this, then you start drinking more and more by yourself. And when you're drinking by yourself, there's really no one there to set limits for you or to set boundaries. And if obviously if you don't have anyone around you to do that and you don't care about it, who's really going to stop you? Exactly. <laughs> and same thing with money. I mean, if you have bad spending habits, if you literally, you know, don't really set any boundaries for yourself, if you don't have self-discipline, if you're not really very goal-oriented with your money and you're just kind of like a free-for-all, like, I want this and I want that and I'm just going to cover this, or if you already have something and you buy it anyways or you buy the same exact thing because you can't find what you're looking for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to be that person. Keyword used to be. Um, God is so good. Like he's been teaching me so much about money and I'm so blessed and grateful that he's taken the time to walk me through that process. And I'm not a professional at it yet. I have never invested in anything in my life yet, but I am looking into it just because, um, not all investments are bad, but you know, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. I have invested. It's just not what people think. I have never invested in stocks, put it that way. Um, I invest in education. Like I was going to go to college back in 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. And I took a gap year and it ended up being a decade later before I even got into school right before a decade, because I technically started at August Escoffier in November of 2020. Um, but I had to, had a little bit of a hiccup because there's just a lot of technical issues going on with getting set up and everything. Not so much my fault or even the schools. It was just, there's just a lot of issues getting started. And so I restarted in January just to have a, you know, a clean, fresh slate fresh start. Um, and I was kind of bummed about it at first, but then looking back, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I did that because I did need it. It was more refreshing. I was actually able to get caught up. I was able to do my assignments, had my laptop. Um, my FAFSA went through, like it was just with God, everything got so much better. Um, that enemy was trying so hard to keep me out of my purpose by not even letting me get into school. And it was like, God's like, no, nah. like this, is my child, she's going to school, like back off. And that's why I value education. Cause to me, you know, if you really stop and think about it, so many people are investing these days and yeah, stock market is a big one, but 
I think the second, if not most important thing that people really truly invest their time and money into is really it education and knowledge and wisdom and that kind of goes back to like adam and eve in the garden of eden um when they were told not to eat the tree of good and evil i mean technically they were okay with it it wasn't until the serpent was trying to tell eve and convince her that the only reason god doesn't want you to eat it is because you'll be like him and you'll have a bunch of wisdom and you'll know things like him and you know not that she was like jealous of God, but if you stop and think about it, how many times do we want to do something just because we want to be in the know or we want to be in the loop? And so that right there, it was, she was already being, already being like guilt tripped by the snake. Like she's already feeling guilty for not having the same knowledge as God. And she already adores God. Like he created her. That's her heavenly father, just like he is to us. And she was in a relationship with him I mean, not like she was with Adam, but I mean, she was able to talk to him at any time she wanted face to face in the garden, just like Adam. And so that's pretty phenomenal in itself. So technically, all she really had to do was go find God and ask for herself and be like, hey, is this true? Um, that if I eat this, this fruit from this tree that you told me not to, would I actually be able to have enough wisdom like you? And... What's funny is that, because I'll be honest, actually, I just had this thought. Let's think about this. Would the Bible exist if Eve had never eaten that fruit and gave it to Adam, her husband? Because would God have needed a Bible all along? Or did he only need a Bible, life's manual, Simply because, you know, Adam and Eve had sinned, which caused sin everywhere else in the world. Sorry, guys, this is my ADHD mind just kind of on a roll right now. It's technically my bedtime, but God had me get on here. He always gets me on here right before bed for some reason. So my mind just kind of rolls. But it's a good thought to think about. Like, would the Bible really exist? Like, does it only exist because, like, did the Bible only exist because sin existed? And he needed a way to break down sin and to reveal to people why, you know, Jesus was sent so that, you know, he could, that was like his, his remedy to sin, his antidote was Jesus. But because people didn't know who Jesus was or, you know, how he was or how he came to be and, um, the purpose of him. And then also, you know, the right way of living, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know. I won't know that until, you know, like, obviously I'm face to face with God and he'll probably answer my question. Unless some of you out there seem to know, and I don't mean opinions. I mean, like, if you know, like if you're studying this kind of stuff, no. But again, that right there, like, I want wisdom. I want to know about stuff. And that just brings me back to the whole, like, people do whatever it takes to know the truth. We want justice for it. People pay thousands of dollars to get education at schools year after year. Some people go so far into debt that they'll never be out of it just because they keep digging themselves further and further, trying to gain more knowledge. And it's like they don't, some of them don't even finish one degree in school. They just kind of keep jumping around. And that's the thing. You also got to know what you want in life. You got to know what you want to do and you want to know why, like all this kind of stuff. And that brings me to another point where if you do believe in God and you do turn to him, 
he's the one who created you. He's going to be the one to answer those type of questions. Like no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Like he's going to be able to, to tell you why, you know, your parents chose that name for you. Um, he's going to tell you why you were born on that specific day, on that month, in that year. He's going to be able to tell you why. Or he, when I say tell, it's more like reveal. Like he shows you. Um, he, he'll show you all the hidden things if you ask him. And if you have not, it's because you ask not. Um, I forget what Bible verse that is, but that is solid truth. Um, myself included, like there's so many things that I want to know, just like there's certain things that you want to know. And you can't always find answers to the questions you have through Google or through Snapchat or Facebook or any other kind of group that, you know, is on a social media. Because why? When it comes to knowledge, when it comes to understanding, when it comes to certain things like that, people do not have the capacity or the understanding or the space to really understand and grasp certain information. Like, we all know how babies are made. We all know how they come into the world. But what I tell people, like, when you hear the word the word uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, when God creates people, you know, when he created, created Adam and Eve, it was literally Adam through the dust and the mist and the ground forming clay. Like, he just, he formed a person, like a figure, and then breathed into the nostrils and boom, life. There's Adam. For Eve, we all know, well, most of us do. Those of you who don't, I'm just going to break it down. He literally took, he put Adam into a very deep, deep sleep so he wouldn't feel any pain. He's so gracious. He's a good God. <laughs> and he removed one of the ribs, just one, because that's all he needed. One rib out of Adam's side. And with that, he formed Eve. So basically, he used Adam's DNA and formed a woman. And that's why Adam called her woman. Because she's from man. He recognized her. He knows her. He knows that that's his species and whatnot. Um, so that's a really cool thing. Anyways, I don't know where I'm going with this because I kind of forgot. But God had me talk about that, so I don't know why. But anyways... Oh yeah, fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> okay, so what that means really when you think about it, and this is what I tell people um, in my Confuse the Confident Challenge for my Walk in Your Worth um, course. Um, a lot of people don't really understand this, but when God says he fearfully and wonderfully made you, think about it. All your parents did was basically, you know, donate an egg and sperm. And your mom incubated you. That's about it. That is it. They do not get to choose how your nose looks. The color of your eyes. They don't get to choose, you know, like how healthy you're going to be both inside and out. They don't get to choose if you have any deformities. They don't get to choose the habits that you'll have. Now they can create them 
they can, you know, enable them and they can encourage them or they can break them as you get older. But think about there's just certain qualities or characteristics about us that make us us. Um, It's just, you know, from the way that we think and the way that we act. um, Yes, we learn many things from family, friends, coworkers, uh, teammates, just like we learn a lot of things as we grow up from other people. But when you remove all those people aside and you really get down to the nitty gritty of who you are, there's certain characteristics, there's certain features about you that only God knows about because he's the one who designed you. He created you. He formed you. And that's what it means to be fearfully and wonderfully made is that he made you in the dark in your mom's womb. He's the one who shaped your nose. He's the one who molded your face, who think about it. Some people have square faces. Some people have circular. Some people have heart-shaped faces and other people just have a, a an oval-shaped. Some people have a very, very distinct jawline while others, you know, you can barely tell if they have an neck. How do we have so much variation, so much variety, so many different shapes, sizes, colors? God designed this, okay? It's God. So if he knows you before you're even conceived, before you're even thought of, before you even existed, he already knew you. He already knew what your life was going to be like from start to finish. And that's the kind of wisdom, that's the kind of knowledge that he has. And that's the kind of knowledge that people desire to have, but they'll never grasp it. They'll never get it. Because why? God created us, which means he also created the space in our brain. And there's no space in our brain, no muscle, no part of the brain that can actually function in that level, that can actually tolerate and understand to the capacity of that much knowledge. Because let me tell you, how many times do people have panic attacks and anxiety and depression? A lot of it comes like, and this is, there's a kicker to this. Because so many people want to know more and they want so much knowledge. However, if you stop and think about it, what happens when you get too much knowledge or you don't get enough? I mean, technically, either or, when it comes down to you having more knowledge or not enough knowledge, the result is the same. You get overwhelmed. Because when you have too much knowledge, the knowledge is there. It's just you have to accept it or you don't. And it's when people don't want to accept it, whatever that knowledge is, they want to change it or they don't want to believe it. And it becomes too much for them to bear. It's too heavy. It's too much. And when they don't have enough knowledge, then they start freaking out. They start panicking because then comes the whole what ifs and the um, the make believes and the, you know, what happens if this and that. And they're just they're putting things in their head. Some of that can be good because it can prepare you for a certain outcome, kind of like a training mode type deal. But if these are ideas that are coming to you and they're the most far out extreme stretch of thoughts, things that will never, ever, ever happen, and it's just because, you know, you're paranoid or you're scared, that is a thing and if you don't have a mental health condition and you're just overthinking a lot because you don't have a whole lot of information like that's not healthy that's not good either 
So that's why I, I thank God so much that he got me, pulled me aside in life to sit me down and have me start reading the Bible way more. Because the knowledge that I get, it doesn't always come from a lot of self-help books. Even though, yes, they can help. I mean, that's why they're called self-help books. The whole point of this episode that I'm talking about um, is literally just based on knowledge. And a lot of it is putting my faith in God that what he reveals to me is true. Because sometimes when he tells me things, it hasn't come to pass yet. And that's the whole point of hope and faith and, you know, believing the things that you can't see yet. And the sad part is, is that God's not, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. But it feels sad to me sometimes just because it's like, I'm a very artistic person. I'm a very visual person. I do like to plan. I do like, um, I'm a very like outgoing person. And I'm always on the go. So for me, and if it's something I really love or I'm excited about or I'm just very into or I'm interested in it, once I'm given some ideas, like my mind will just start running. Like I just, and sometimes it don't stop. Like it's just, it's, it's really good. And I do have ADHD. I'm on medication for it and it is working. It's just, that's one of my, the good parts of me, I guess, is that I can just, I'm a problem solver. I can think of many things. I like thinking sometimes just because it's fun. Like for me, anyways, some people would be like, oh my God, I don't want to think about anything. Me, sometimes there's days where it can get overwhelming and I got to take a breather and got to step back. But other times I like problem solving. Like I love being able to figure out how to, um, what's the word? It starts with an I. I can't think of it right now. Imagine that. (laughs) But that right there, like I have so many thoughts going on right now. Improvise, I guess. Yeah, improvise. Um, It amazes me when it's like last minute and my brain's able to think of things that I normally wouldn't think of on a regular basis. But in order to pull something off, I can get it done. And it always takes me by surprise. Um, It's not really pride. It's just more like, oh, wow, I didn't realize, you know, I had this on hand or I didn't realize I could actually pull this off or I could do this. Um, so it's just, it's just kind of makes me laugh a little bit whenever I think about situations like that. But when it comes to money, I was stuck. I was literally stuck because I'm like, you know, I've tried the whole savings thing. I've had a budget before. I'm too scared to invest in stock market, but stocks in that like I don't even know like I might maybe dare myself in the future to do at least one just to try it but if I do it I want to be wise about it and that's the thing like even then even just for fun I still want to be wise about it like I don't want to just throw my money in the wind and be like okay you know come back to me like a boomerang like it's not going to work that way if I don't know who to invest in and if they're even doing well and I'm not the greatest at math I do struggle with it, but I not like practice every day, but I do want to start challenging myself to get better at it every day if I can. That is something on my to-do list on improvement or my improvement list. Um, 
But God is so good when it comes to revealing information. Like when he reveals hidden things, it's not just about who you are as a person and his relationship with you. It's also like he'll reveal to you um, as long as you believe that he can do this for you and he will. Um, It's just so many people, you know, they just they underestimate God and they really don't think that he has all the answers. It's like he does. And they think that he's not listening. He does. They think that he doesn't care. He does. They think that, you know, he uh, isn't capable of providing for them in the fullest way. Well, that's just a lack of trust because God provides even with information. The sad part is, and this is what I was talking about sad, is because I do like, you know, knowing certain things and God knows it will get me overwhelmed if I were to know everything. And this includes other people as well, whoever's listening to this. This could involve you too. God's only going to reveal bits and pieces of information. Um, because he he does know how we are. He created us. He knows how our minds are. He knows where they're going to run to, where they're going to lead, um, how our brain operates and works. He knows when we're at a breaking point. He knows when he knows our our bare minimum limit and our maximum limit when it comes to handling stress and situations and whatnot. So don't ever underestimate that whatever you're going through, even though it feels like a huge burden and it feels like it's something that you're not going to make it out of, trust me and trust God. Like, you're going to make it. Because God will never, ever give you more than you can bear. Ever. You're going to bend a little bit or you might bend a lot. But you're still going to be standing strong. And a perfect example of that is a palm tree. (laughs) And I'm talking about not the kind that stands straight up. I'm talking about the kind that kind of have like that. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a. For lack of a better word, they're just they're bending in a way. Um, But yet they're very strong and they're very beautiful and they're tall and they're just they're they're gorgeous. And that's how God sees you. Even though you're going to face storms, even though you're going to go through some doubts, even though you're going to go through some things that you're really not too sure if you're going to, you know, make it out alive or if you're going to make it out of whatever that situation is and you do. Now, some situations are definitely going to require God alone to get you through them. But for the most part, God has equipped you with the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that you need and the faith that you need to get you from one point in life to the next. And that's what, you know, like going from season to season. And so the season that I'm in in my life is getting a better grasp on my money, getting a better understanding, getting a better knowledge, getting a better, you know, just overall look at how money should be handled. And I'll just be honest, so many people you know, they turn to stock markets, they turn to Amazon, and they turn to MLMs, and they turn to, not that these things are bad, because I've been, I've been in that boat, I've been in that group of people, I have done some weird (laughs) um, side jobs that, you know, I thought was going to make it big, and it just was a bust, so... And it's not because the company was a bust and it's not because I didn't care about the job I was trying to do or, 
anything. It's just a lot of it was one that was not God's will for my life. Like that was not the, the purpose that he had in my life, but he did allow me to go through some of those, those businesses just because one, it was going to teach me some valuable information. Like I can use that. I can fall back on that stuff right now and tell you, like, I actually still implement a lot of the tips and tricks that I learned along the way all this whole time. And I just keep applying it to each part of my life year after year in different ways. And it makes me stronger. It makes me wiser. Um, I'm sure other people do this too. And if you don't, well, start doing it because you'd be amazed just by how much you can learn if you just apply certain things like from one business into another. Um, I want to have a bakery someday. And I look back and I think back about, I don't even know, to my first job warehouse-wise when I was 19 all the manufacturing jobs, all the warehouse jobs I've ever had, like each and every one of those, even though some of them were more brutal than others and more difficult. And you would think, well, how would any of those really help me out with a bakery? Well, that's just it. You see, baking is my passion, is my purpose. But, and this is like in the book of, um, I want to say, I don't know, I don't think it's David. But anyways, David, the character, like the one who killed Goliath, he had to wait 17 years before he even became king. And that was his purpose. But in the beginning, when he was, you know, starting out with his purpose and stuff, it was just kind of like taking care of sheep and fighting off bears and lions and all this stuff. Even though you would think like the same thing, what would lions and bears have to do with him being a king? Well, lions and bears are some pretty scary predators, you know, and he fought them like just one-on-one him and them versus, you know, him versus them. And he would win. And that not only boosted his confidence, but it also gave him the experience to handle something scary so that when the time came for the appointed time for David to step into his purpose and take his place in his calling and in his, um, I don't even know what to say, like, basically just, you know, the time that was meant for him to rise up and to be in his dominating era of him to be king, there was like a process that kind of needed to take place before like he even, you know, went down that route. Um, It was like, it's the turning point. There we go. The turning point of his life. And that was when he... God called him to face Goliath and he never would have been able to do that if he had never conquered the bears and the lions just by tending to the sheep because if he had never done that if he took one glimpse at Goliath he would have been freaking out just like every single other soldier but he didn't because he's like I've already dealt with you know lions and bears and other you know creatures this thing's no different. It's bigger than me. It's scarier than me. It tries to act like it's, you know, better than me. But he's like, I know. He goes, I know that if God's on my side, that nothing's going to happen. And even if he was a little shaken by it, he still stood in his place and he still did what God called him to do. And he got the job done. He conquered what God needed him to conquer. And then that opened even more doors and opportunities to him leading up to him being able to be king. Um, it wasn't instant, but what I'm saying is that 
God uses certain things in a person's life to get them where they need to go. And so for me with the baking and the whole bakery thing, if I were to create a recipe that somehow went super famous and everyone wants it, how do you think that's going to, you know, work out for a mass production? Well, one, since I'm already like familiar with the warehouse industry and how that stuff works, it uh that's going to play out majorly because now I already know what the inside of a warehouse looks like. I understand the production part of it. I understand the delay part of it so that when things are happening I already have an inside scoop to what that part of the industry is like and not only that is going back to like David David even though he was appointed to be king and he was brave and bold he still needed to have a love for people so this is where God will use a different situation that seems so different from your purpose in order to help, you know, break you away from any habits or to get you to um, start seeing things in a better light or perspective or to get you to be on not like exactly God's level, but a glimpse of God's level. Like he wants you to love like him, but you know, we're human. We can never love unconditionally the way that God loves unconditionally. But David taking those steps and being faithful and obedient in what he was called to do is ultimately what led him to getting where he wanted to be in life. Like he didn't know he was going to be king. He just knew that with each season of his life, with each task that he had to do, with everything that God called him to as he was called to it, he dealt with it as he went but he never lost his faith. He never lost himself. He never lost perspective of his goals. He was a, that's why he was literally like man after God's own heart. That's why God, you know, called him that pretty much. Um, because he wanted to know the wisdom. He wanted to know how to take care of people almost the same way that he took care of sheep. And think about it. If you're going to be a leader, you got to keep track of people. You got to, you know, make sure that they're healthy. You got to make sure that they're okay. You got to check in on them just like you would sheep. Got to make sure they're okay. You got to go keep track of them. You got to go find them sometimes if they wander off. Um, Sometimes there's predators that may come around and you got to protect them. And same thing with people. There could be other people trying to hurt other people and you got to be able to protect them. You got to make the right choices and have the right discernment and judgment. Um, and that's a, that's some big shoes to fill. That's a huge role to fill. It's hard. And that's my whole point. Sorry guys, this is like longer than I intended, but that's kind of (laughs) normal for now. To me, I feel like I'm kind of like my ADHD brain just kind of going all over the place. But I promise you, like, I hope this is connecting the dots. The point that I'm trying to make with this full episode is not only is God going to use different parts of your life to create you even more into who you are meant to be, and he's going to use the good and the bad to basically make it come out even and work for your good 
he's preparing your heart. He's preparing your mind. He's preparing you in the spirit. He's preparing you physically. Like it may take a good few years to get you where you truly need to be. And that's why looking back only is when you'll be able to understand why what you went through is what you went through and why certain things played out and why certain things didn't work out and why certain people stayed and certain people left. When you look back, it's going to be like, wow, like you're just going to see God all up in it. And you're just like, wow, like I didn't see that back then. I didn't see that before. And that's okay because God, that's how he gets his glory. But the whole point is like when it comes to the money part of this episode and the faith, you just got to trust God in the process. You got to trust that wherever you're at in life is not where you're always going to be. And this too shall pass. And you got to trust that, I guess I shouldn't say trust, like, if God can trust you with the smallest things, then he can trust you with the bigger. And going back to the money part, I didn't want to give up that $700. But I did because it was the right thing to do. It technically wasn't mine, even though it was in my PayPal account. And it was in my actual bank account once I transferred it. The whole point is God was testing me to see where my heart was. Because if it was not in the right place, if it was filled with greed, I would not have made it this far. It would have been another long, hard season of just him trying to remove that kind of behavior and that thinking and mindset out of me. And thank God, like I chose to gave give that money back because not only was it the right thing to do, I was more afraid of disappointing God and you know, not being a good steward. Because even though that, at the end of the day, money is just money. And it's God's anyway. It's God's money. So what you do with it really does matter. And when it comes to tithing, God only asks for a certain percentage. Like he asks for a small percent. And it's not because, what is God going to do with money? He don't need it. But what he does need is your attention. What he does need is your heart. What he does need is your faith and your trust. What he does need is for you to prove to him that you're not greedy, that you're not prideful, and that you're willing to listen to God and help others out when needed. And... um. With that being said, like, I know a lot of you may not like to hear that, but that's really the whole point of tithing. It's not really because, I mean, God doesn't use money. He literally has streets of gold in heaven. Okay. That's the ground he walks on in heaven. And to us, gold is like the most, you know, greatest thing that you could have here besides a diamond and other rubies and stuff. But that that's the thing. What we consider most valuable, God looks at it like dirt. Because to him, it's just nothing. It's just, I mean, it's something pretty to look at, but it's not, it's not the same value with him. The reason he wants us to tithe, the reason he wants us to give up a little bit of our money and to be responsible with it and wise with it is because of what it does to our minds and what it does to our hearts. And it's the way that we act or react when we are around money have money or in control and possession of money 
And that is it. That right there. People always say that when you become famous or something, that money changes you. Yeah, it kind of can. But again, when you compare money like alcohol, they're really not too far off from each other. How a person is, the way that they think, the way that they believe or what they believe um, about themselves or other people around them or just anything, all it does is intensify when alcohol is included in that person's system. All it does is enhance what's already within them. So if a person is greedy, think about it. If they're broke, they're going to talk like they're jealous whenever someone makes it big and someone has money. Like, just pay attention to how they talk. If they're always talking about money and they're always talking about what they do with this, what they do with that, and uh, what they plan on doing with it is selfish, it just seems like it's all about them. It's not really like... Like, they don't want to pay their bills. They don't want to get out of debt. Like, that's the most classic thing we hear. Or even pay, you know, student loans. Um, The second most classic thing we hear is, I want to pay for family and friends. And then the third most common thing that we hear all the time would probably be to donate to a third world country or an organization. Those are all beautiful, great things. But... The real kicker is, is when someone mentions all those things and then as soon as they get money, they don't do a single thing that they said they were going to do. Or if they do, (laughs) yep, this is what God's paying attention to. Oh, they'll give money to the places that they said, but it's really not the amount that either they said they were going to do or they don't really tell anyone a full amount because Deep down, they're thinking, yeah, I'll just give a small portion. Again, think about how God only asked for 10%. So if you had a million dollars, that should still be quite a bit, even with 10%. And no, I'm not going to give you numbers because I'm not good at math and I'm not going to try. So (laughs) um, I would just mess it up. But to give you a visual, that's what God's looking at with money. And that's where, you know, you don't want to be a paper chaser, like chasing money. Um, you want to be a purpose chaser and you want to be chasing your dreams, your goals, your visions, the purpose that God instilled within you because it's already in you. All you have to do is activate it. And with that being said, if you don't have God in your life and you have a lot of sin and you have a lot of greed and you have a lot of hate, what do you think is going to happen when you start getting more money? Everything that everything manifests, everything grows bigger. If you think of a tiny little weed in a garden or something like that, we've all seen it. It's just a little sprouting. You know, you could literally go in there and just pluck it right up if you wanted to. But what happens when we let it, when we don't do anything to it and we let it grow? Well, it is going to grow. And when it does grow, it just kind of consumes everything. It could be like a vine or it could be something that's just choking out the most beautiful plant. But once at that point, you can't really do anything with it because it's already doing, you know, the the most damage. And that's the same thing. And I think there's like a term called like the green monster, like that people talked about. I don't even know if people even still use that term. But when I was a kid, that's what they would talk about. The the green monster talking about someone who's jealous or someone who's greedy. Um, 
when it came to money or emotions, like just being jealous all the time. And that's a bad spirit to have. A, a spirit of jealousy is not good. A spirit of envy is not good. So someone who has that kind of spirit in them, it's going to manifest. And this is where people who are rich, they get real greedy. Not everyone, but the people who, I'll be honest, like when COVID hit, the people who had a lot of money, yeah, those are the people that really should have, that was their opportunity to step up and do even more with their money than they ever could. And I know there's a lot of millionaires, a lot of, you know, well, wealthy people that did do that, but not all of them did. And that's the thing. If majority of them were to do that, I'm not saying the world would be a better place. I'm just saying that in that moment, in that time, when COVID hit, that's another thing that why God allowed COVID because it's to reveal true colors. And that's a whole topic in itself. So I'm not really going to get into that, but I'm just using COVID as an example when it first started in 2020. People with money who have a lot of it, it isn't so much just what you do with it. It's how you, it's not so much just how you spend it. It's the intent of your heart. Because if someone comes up to you and you can tell they're really in need, but you don't feel like blessing that person, because a broke person can't bless anyone other than giving them a good word of encouragement or praying for them. And that was what God was teaching me. Guys, I'm going to go do a part two because I don't feel like getting cut off. Excuse me. Hopefully I'll remember everything I just said because (laughs) I'm kind of on a roll. I hope I'm making sense as I talk about this. But yeah, I am... I'm just going to do a part two. So I'm going to stop where I'm at. So I apologize if I kind of stopped in like mid-thought. So yeah, I'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Hi, it's Miranda. So this is part two of Worthy of Wealth. And I do have a lot of faith-based things on this podcast. And I am getting to that. But something that God's been talking to me because let's just be real most I'm like most people um I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck I would like to live a life of abundance um but I want to do it the right way God's way um biblical wise speaking I don't want to do it the world's way because um the world's way and God's way are completely two different things and no they do not look alike either I mean there might be some things that do but for the most part God's way is completely different And not to mention it's God. I mean, he can make just about anything happen out of nothing. So the world, 
they can't keep up with God. It's just, it's impossible. And even though God can do the impossible to possible, he will never allow the world to keep up with him because how else is he supposed to get his glory? Other than, other than that, <laughs> what I was saying from part one was a broke person cannot bless others. And anyone who's very, I don't know, argumentative, if you have the the right choice of words for that, you can argue with me all you want. A broke person, because I used to be very broke, and I've lived it, and I can tell you, a broke person with a good heart can still not bless very many people. And the, And what I'm talking about is you can't bless somebody financially. You can bless them with a good word of encouragement. You can bless them through prayer and praying over them in their life and their situation. Yes. You can bless that person by being a good friend or letting them, you know, being a shoulder to cry on or letting them, you know, just vent. You can be a blessing to someone by helping them out with whatever task that they need help with. Yes. But financially, no. So when you have a big heart and you're, you know, you're a big giver like myself, God wants to use you. He can totally use you. But think about, you know, how good it feels when you pay for someone's like McDonald's meal, you know, the person behind you or even three people behind you and you're paying for all of it. And you may have just spent 80 bucks for yourself included in that one sitting of the day in a McDonald's line. Instead of going to someplace like Outback or Texas Roadhouse and spending that same $80 for like two people, okay? <laughs> going on a date or maybe like three people if it's like a group kind of thing or four. Um, the whole point is that when you are broke and you have a big heart and you want to make a difference, you want to make an impact, you want to do something for God, once you start really getting involved with God and you start realizing that, you know, you would like to pay for someone's meal or you'd like to pay someone's bill or you want to be that person. Like if you're, you know, if you are somewhat of a people pleaser, because I used to struggle with that, let's let's just be real. To have people come to you, it's it's really nice to be the lender and not the borrower. And I've been fighting tooth and nail left and right from 2020 to 2021 to get out of that position, to get out of debt, to stop being the person that's always asking, hey, can I have $10 for gas from from my family? I won't ask strangers. I'll just ask my family. But even that, and I just realized, you know, like over time, you know, God started with that when he was like, you know, you, uh, you ask, or at least the Holy Spirit, sorry, not God, but the Holy Spirit, he's kind of like hinting to me and speaking to me over the past year and a half or so, that little $10 here and there really adds up. So my option, and this is what the world option is, is go get a credit card. That is the worst thing you can do. Absolute worst. I have one credit card and it's the Menards. And I haven't been able to use it for months because I'm too busy trying to dig a hole out of what I've already racked up on it already. I only have a $1,000 credit limit on there, but still, it's like, it's not the worst, but it's not the best either. But let's just be real. Like, 
It's not fun having to owe someone back all the time. It's not fun when you're stuck in a situation and you have a bill that's due, but you can't pay it because of a shutdown or you can't pay it because you don't make enough money or you can't pay it because you have other things going on that your money needs to take the attention to, like your money needs to go in that direction. God has revealed so much to me in this year alone from 2020 to 2021. He has broke me down, stripped me away from all my bad habits, all my ways of thinking. He brought me up higher in a way that he thinks and the way that he does things. And woo, let me tell you, like God knows his stuff. Okay. He is not against people having money. He's what he's really against is the way that people use their money and the fact that when they have an opportunity to help another of his children out or another person, they get greedy and they don't want to. Well, God's thinking, I don't care if you want to. And I didn't ask you if you want to. I told you to go bless that person. Are you going to do it or are you not? Because if you don't, guess what? There goes your blessings too. It's a double-edged sword. It it works that way. Whether you're using scripture or money, I mean, it kind of works, you know, two and two. When you're broke, you can't be that person that people rely on to get them out of a rut. For, and I'll be honest, you can't really give much money advice either because you're in that boat yourself. That's like blind leading the blind. It can't, it's not going to work. And uh, the other thing is if you're not very consistent with it either, like let's say tax time rolls around and you're doing good and you got yourself, I don't know, thousand to five thousand something dollars and you're thinking, oh good, I'm going to be set. This is the other kind of people that aren't good with money either. And I used to be like this too. Um, not very long because I'll be honest, God's never allowed me to have a whole lot of money like this before. Um, when I started at the job that I have now was the most money I've ever made. And, uh, this is something that I have done, but I haven't done it very often, but I do know of a lot of people in my life. Um, I'm not saying names, but I will say that they, uh, (laughs) They get a big old fat check from the government. And what I mean is like stimulus or tax money. Some of them have kids. Some of them, you know, it's just because of their assets or just like whatever they got going for them in their life to allow them to get that money back when tax time rolls around. That's awesome for them. But what's sad is they get that amount of money and yet they're still broke. Still living life the same way, still doing the same old, same old, still doing the same pattern, still, you know, at some point something's got to give. And that's what God was kind of revealing to me. He's kind of like, and I told a friend this once, you know, you don't want to be a still person, like still stuck, still broke, still asking for money, still not really getting ahead in life, still making ends meet just paycheck to paycheck. And even though that is a common trend, it's a common thing, I'm not, you know, bashing anyone for it. And I myself have been there, so I'm not 
approaching this in a hypocritical way. I'm just approaching it in a way that I understand because I've lived it and I've been there and I'm trying to get out of it. So for anyone on here who wants to consider me a hypocrite or whatever, you can just click off right now. I don't care because this needs to be said. It's important and God's put it on my heart to share with people. And again, criticism isn't bad. Depends on how you look at it. If you're someone who's offended all the time, then again, get off here right now. If you're someone who's willing and ready to make a change and you really need are seeking advice because you're in this boat too, where you're like, I'm like you, I want out of it. I want to be worthy of wealth. I want to build a better life in 2021 compared to 2020. And 2020, when that came, whew, I'm pretty sure 2020, it, it stripped and ripped a lot of things from very many people. It's not just your dignity. It's not just your pride. It stripped a lot of jobs. It stripped a lot of, you know, financial issues. It, it caused more of that um, because it took away a lot of income. A lot of businesses shut down. It was huge adjustments. It was a huge hit econ economically and, you know, just worldwide. So believe me, like, I do understand, you know, I mean, I was one of those people. I lost a job. And it wasn't by my fault, like, I'm not going to get into it because I've already forgiven the company and I've let it go because it's in God's hands. He has a reason and a purpose for it. And I'm, I'm trusting him, like, I'm putting my faith that it's all going to work out for my good. I mean, it led me to the job that I have now. And that honestly is the most highest paying job I've ever had in my life. And it's actually pretty cool. But this is where God's been teaching me and revealing to me that it's not just important on how I spend my money and it's not just as important as how much money I save. What's really important is what is going on with my heart when I get money? What is going on with my heart when I do want to bless somebody? Because see... Not too many people realize this, I don't think. But when people hear of the term mistreating the money or misusing money, they think of using it to buy drugs or they think of using it to um, give to someone who, uh, I don't even know, isn't going to pay them back. Or maybe they say they're going to use it for this and they, they use it for the complete opposite thing or something that they never even needed it for. Let's just be honest for girls. <laughs> if you say you need it to pay a bill and you go to get your nails done with that money, that is obviously misusing it and that's lying. Don't be like that. <laughs> it's not a good thing. I have not done that, but that's not a kind of good quality to have. Um, it's not a good thing. If you're a guy... And you say that you need it to pay a bill and you use it to go buy alcohol or go to the bar or a dating site. Not good, bro. <laughs> Not a good thing. Like that's going to get you down a really dark path. Like you can get off of it while you can because it's not going to lead you anywhere good. Get off of that. And there's Bible scripture on that talking about prostitutes and things. And I'm not calling anyone on a dating site prostitute, but that was the word used in the Bible um, referring to when men are 
you know, going to a woman's house or they're going, you know, here and there just because they're like persuaded by this woman's words or the way she looks or whatnot. And, you know, again, let's be real. A guy who's really attracted to a woman that he finds attractive. If she's accepting money of any kind for anything and she's using her body, he thinks he's going to get a good thing. And then she ends up taking advantage of him money wise having him knocked out or like passed out taking his money or the whole like not like guilt tripping him I know women are capable of that as well but what I mean is like if she's got kids or if she herself um wants to play like she's like a damsel in distress where she really needs a lot of things and really she just wants someone to pay for her and you know if the guy's just getting sex or if he's getting um to see this girl a little bit and she may not even be sleeping with him but she acts like she's gonna flirt with him and stuff and like leads him on to th- into thinking that he's gonna get this stuff that's what I'm saying like your heart your heart's gonna get broke too so watch yourself on it because it happens all the time and no I have not been that kind of woman either and this is where it's like I'm not judging anyone but again I do know people in my life that have had things like this happen and I've had to warn them. I've had to have this conversation with them. So that's why I'm sharing it with you because these examples sadly have existed. And it's just, it's, it is heartbreaking because it's like, you know, a lot of these people don't really know their worth and people pay for whatever they want and they still get hurt and they don't care. But anywho, back on topic. So, I don't even remember what I was saying, guys. Sorry. So, I'm, like, watching my neighbors right now because apparently they're out and they're, like, getting their kid. I'm not, like, watching, watching them, but, like, this guy comes flying up. I thought he was going to run, like, right into the building. He was going so fast. But, anyways. (laughs) So, if you... If you look at money like a tool, as it should be, it's not really like anything that's really going to be be bringing you true joy. I don't care what people say. Money cannot buy you happiness. Okay? It buys you objects. It buys you things. It buys things that fade. Things that break. Things that expire. Things that get stolen. Things that rust. Things that don't always last. So, this is where God says it's not just important as far as what you spend it on. And that's why he tells you to have treasures up in heaven where moths and rust and thieves can't get to them and ruin them. Because they're things. They're not gonna, they're not designed to last forever. Even if their motto says that. It's not true. And everything only lasts for a certain time. Like, there's a time for everything. There's certain seasons for certain things. And so in one season of your life, like, not just seasons, like, in the world, like, as far as, like, autumn, or sorry, fall, spring, winter, that kind of thing. I'm talking, like, seasons, like, a period of time where, excuse me, you thought a certain way or you acted a certain way. Kind of like a phase, 
but there's certain seasons in your life and the season that I was in was a time when I had a really big heart and I still do. I still have a big heart, but I was broke. I was Mm -hmm. broke with a big Mm -hmm. heart. And that's something my mom would always say is, uh, what is it? I haven't done it in a long time. That's why I haven't heard it from her, which is actually a good thing. But it was just the way she would say it. It used to aggravate me. And then now I just laugh because like it would be it used to be true. But she would say uh, your heart's in the right place, but your bank account isn't <laughs> something like that. <laughs> And even though it'd be embarrassing, I, you know, I would always like argue with her. I'd be like, oh no, you wait and see. You're like, oh, I have enough. And then like, again, that's when I would be coming to her a week later at the end of the week. And I'd be like, hey mom, can I have $10 for gas? And she's like, well, what happened to the money that you had? And I'm like, well, there was some homeless guy and I gave it to him. Or I would be like, um, someone else needed gas at work. So I gave it to them. Or I would tell her that um, there was some kind of like donation thing online that I was doing and I was trying to put it, you know, like in the like the whole $10 in there instead of just $2. Um, or even like if you're driving in traffic and those people that are standing out there for a good cause and they're stopping people, whatever the cause is, and instead of donating just some of the change, I mean, there's nothing wrong at all with donating actual cash like there's nothing wrong with that if you have it and you can do it it's not going to hurt you financially it's completely 100% fine to do that but when you are broke and I mean broke broke like if you don't like if you don't have this last ten dollars to go get a meal or to go get your gas or to just have on hand in case you you know ran out of gas and you had to like walk somewhere to go get gas I don't even know I've had that happen too. My point is, is that when you are that broke, (laughs) it's not that you don't, it's not that you give as little as you can. It's you, you got to be able to hear what God is wanting you to do. You got to be able to hear how much God is wanting you to give, because even though he loves a cheerful giver, you can still give too much either to the wrong person or just giving to whatever it is at the wrong time. Now, and again, think about this. Think about like in part one when I was talking about how things manifest. So if you're doing this with $10, if that's your last $10 and you're not putting it in the offering plate at, at church. Now, if you do that, by all means, God's going to bless you. Like, and I don't mean because you put it in a church. What I mean is you're telling God, cause I've done this. I had a dollar and something cents to my name and like a dollar 54. And I, I only had a dollar of my own money to tithe. And I did it on Tidely. It's like a little app or whatever that you can do to donate to the church that you're going to, or any church. If you know their information, like their address and all that. And it's linked to your bank account. So like, this was like, after I lost my job, I literally only had a dollar and 54 cents and I started telling God like I can't tithe and I felt like he was not like smiting me but he was just like really go check your bank account again and I'm thinking okay well is there gonna be like 152 dollars now so I look on there and still a dollar or I thought it was like 154 I really thought that maybe like 
he would increase it and I look and it was still a dollar fifty four and I was like all right god I don't how can I even tithe on this app how can I even do that because I only have a dollar to my name that's not even enough to tithe like to cut because I would always cover the the fee or whatever it would be um when I would do the app and he told me to do it so I did it anyways I was trying to be obedient and just be faithful that whatever it was he wanted me to do, that there was going to be a good blessing out of it. I didn't know what was going to happen after I did it, but I was just trying to be faithful with it. So I did it. And to my surprise, it was only $1.52 that was needed to cover everything, like to do my tithe and the little fee or whatever. It was like two cents (laughs) because it was like $1.50. And then it was like $2 for the fee, or two, not, sorry, not $2, two cents. So it was $1.52, and I only had $1.54. So, yeah, I believe God when he says he can do a lot with a little. But I also believe that when God told me this, he revealed this to me over time. Um, it was after I lost my job, and he was kind of having me reflect over some of the areas in my life I need to make improvements and adjustments in. So going back to the whole, a broke person can't bless others. I don't know what, I don't know if it's Stephen Furtick. He's a famous um, pastor, I guess, on YouTube. Um, he has a church in North Carolina. Um, I would love to go visit that, by the way, sometime. That would be pretty cool. But I don't know if it came from him. I learned it just through experience, like straight up experience. Like before he even like had that video, God was already expressing to me the definition of broke people can't bless others. And what he meant was you can't bless them financially. And he was right because like here I am broke, broke. And now I'm the one that's, you know, needing help financially and losing my job it it really shook me up and then with the whole COVID thing going on it just really made me realize and wake up and be like first of all I didn't even have a savings account for myself I had no money to fall back on so mistake number one right there I I couldn't even provide for myself like I was not my own bank so that was mistake number one mistake and that's the other thing like people who do have a lot of money even if they don't have money coming in, if they have, they could be living off of their savings and you may not even know it unless they tell you, but that's because they've gotten in a habit and they've gotten good at putting money back and not spending money all the time. Those are the two main things that do help when it comes to having a lot of money and having an abundance. But what God was teaching me was even deeper than that. And so this is what in part one, when I was talking about I'm trying to figure out how I worded it. I don't know. My mind went blank. But anyways. If you. Guys, sorry. I am like so tired right now. And my mind is like racing. Like I'm trying so hard to get this word out so that I can like go to bed. (laughs) If you want to bless people, here we go. There we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you want to bless people, 
And you want to be, if you have a good heart, and it's great. If you want to use your money to go towards others, like you want to help others out, you want to be helping the needy, whether they be homeless or it's, you know, someone needing a meal, or maybe it's your friends or family and they're struggling and you want to be able to just whip out a hundred bucks and be like, here you go. And you're not hurting either. Like in order to get to that level, because I had to ask myself, how do people do that? How do they not live paycheck to paycheck? How do they actually make enough money? First of all, second, how are they able to save money? And third, how are they even like able to help others and still have enough, more than enough left over for themselves? And then that was the the ding, ding, ding that God was trying to get me at. He was like, you realize there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more to wealth than just savings. There's a lot more to wealth than just being careful of what you spend or having a budget. There's a lot more to wealth than just, you know, getting a good deal. And you want to know the secret? <laughs> I don't know if a lot of you are ready for this because you might not agree with me, but God opened my eyes big time. So what God revealed to me was that if you want to bless people and you don't have a whole lot of money to do it, you can bless a little bit, but that's as far as you'll go. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, if, let me put it this way. If you go into B-dubs, or Buffalo Wild Wings, or Subway, or if you go into um, any kind of sit-down restaurant, and we'll just say Applebee's, because that's a very common one. If you sit down at Applebee's to eat, and you only have $40 to spend, you've already got your bills paid, you put maybe $5 in your savings account, because that's all you could do that week, there's gas in your vehicle, there's food in your fridge. Your pets have food. Um, if there's any fees that had to be paid, um, those are not bills. Those are fees. Those are things. Those are different. If you had to pay for those and those are taken care of and like, let's say you did have your your tax return and you had about $1,000 and after paying all of the things that you wanted to pay and now you only have about $40 left to spend before you hit zero. This is where I would be at. I would look at that $40 and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get myself $10 or $15 worth of a meal and then I'll just give the rest of it to the waitress because I'm thinking I'm a good person. Like I'm leaving a really nice tip for this, this other person. I'm making God happy. Like, but yet I'm going to be broke. Okay, being broke because everything else is paid for, is fine. And if God's leading you and guiding you to take that route and it ends up being you being broke for a, a, a good week or two until your next paycheck, but everything's taken care of, you're fine. That's called contentment. But when you're being broke because you're being unwise with your money, because again, this is what I mean by un unwise. I spent the 15 to treat myself to Applebee's. If it's something I don't do very often, 
and I decided to treat myself, that's fine. I had the money for it, right? But did I really have the money to actually give to that waitress if, let's say, even though there was gas in the tank, I knew I was going to be making a trip that's going to be taking up that gas. Well, gas has to be replaced, right? I mean, you can't just keep driving around and just magically appear. Like, you have to fill up at some point. Hmm. Forgot about that. So now, here I am asking somebody else for money. Even though I just blessed somebody, now I'm broke. Forgot that the gas that I had in my vehicle was going to get used up because I didn't calculate how far I was really driving. I didn't calculate that it would require me having to have money on the side to go towards more gas to, you know, basically restock and restore what I used up. I can't go back to the waitress and be like, hey, can I have that money back? Like, no, like you can't do that. So now I have to like tuck my tail between my legs and go ask my my mom and be like, hey, can I have 20 bucks for gas or 25? And she's going to be like, well, I thought you told me that you were good because you only spent 15 out of that 40. Where's the rest of it? And now I have to tell her I gave it to the waitress. And she's going to be like, well, why would you give all of it away? That's the thing, all of it. So what I'm trying to say with this scenario (laughs) is that God basically revealed to me that Even if you have a good heart, if you're giving money away to the wrong people at the wrong time, even if it's for the right reason, like it's a good cause, it's still for the wrong reason. It's still the wrong time. It's still unwise. Because again, in that scenario, even though everything else was paid for, and even though I had gas in my tank, If that was on a weekend day and I forgot that, hey, there's two or three days out of this week, I have a a dentist and a doctor's appointment and the doctor's appointment is all the way in one town and it takes almost an hour to get there. Plus, I have to travel to work and back every day. That gas is going to get used up. I'm going to have to, you know, go back and get more, you know, fill up at some point. But if I just went and gave the rest of my money away... Or even if I even if I gave enough to where I only had a little bit of money left, like let's say five or ten bucks, that's it's good because yeah, I didn't go completely broke, but it's I drive a truck right now, so it's like and then before that, back then when I was learning this stuff, I was driving a what was it? Ford Escape. A two a two thousand eight Ford Escape. So even one of those took up a lot, not like a whole lot of gas like my truck, you know, kind of does. But still, that's a good amount. But that's what I'm saying. It was it would be little little things like that. Like it would be tipping the waiter, the waiter, the waitress too much. It would be nickel and diming myself. It would be going out to eat left and right. It would be um, someone would ask me for money and I would just give it. Sometimes no questions asked. Because either, and the the problem with this is that, again, it's disguised as a good deed or a good thing. And this is where a lot of people may not agree with me because they're thinking it is a good thing. Like, it is. But if you ask any millionaire, any, you know, very wealthy people, 
they would look at that as a very unwise decision because at the end of the week, I would still need money. And it's not because I have a love for money. It's because money is a tool. I can't get gas unless either A, someone pays it for me, B, I pay for it myself, or C, by the grace of God, someone gives me a gift card at work and I'm able to go get it. I mean, and then this is what the solution is. If my mom would say no, now I would have to go sell something of mine to make more money. Because guess what? I have a whole nother week before I get paid. So this is what God was kind of revealing to me about worthy of wealth. Is it isn't about your race. It isn't about your gender or whatever you want to call yourself. It isn't about how you view the world or what the world has done against you. It's got nothing to do with the value of your life. The way that you are the way that God determines if you're worthy of wealth because this is the ultimate kicker. This is exactly what God had asked me when I officially lost my job and I was just speechless because I'm like I don't even know where to begin with my money problems. <laughs> and like, I mean, I was actually doing good. Like, I was paying all my bills. I was, you know, tr- trying to save something. Like, I, I mean, I had a savings account, but I didn't really have anything in there. I had, like, 50 bucks, I believe, or something like that. That's not really a whole lot. So, <laughs> it didn't really, it was almost like I didn't have one. But the whole point is that, you know, God kind of asked me, and he was just like... If I, you know, think about the little and the much, if I can't trust you with the little in this, how can I trust you with the much? If I can't trust you with $10 or $40 to spend it where it needs to go and to have, you know, priorities, what do you think is going to happen if he gave me 10 grand? (laughs) I'm going to probably give it to some charity which is good again good cause but if God didn't ask me to give the full 10 grand to that charity then I'm still disobeying that's the point of it the disobedience you can't always give to whoever you want to give you can't always give when you want to give and I'm not saying because of circumstances what I'm saying is it's God's money He's the one who defines who is worthy of it. And if you don't listen to him, if you're disobedient to him, if you are prideful and greedy and you think that you can do a fine job just, you know, making money yourself and handling it the way you want to, he's going to let you do it. But then you're going to fall and you're going to stumble and he's going to let you learn your lesson the hard way like he did with me. It's not because he doesn't love you and not because he doesn't love me. It's because he wants us to learn how to become wiser with our money. And if you look back, almost any successful person with, you know, financial stories or any kind of wealth or any kind of, you know, millionaire, they'll all tell you the same thing. Most of them should. They've all had their fair share of losses, their fair share of stupidity, their fair share of poor choices, their fair share of not getting it right. 
So again, I'm not, you know, on here to criticize anyone or make them feel bad in a way that, you know, to lower their self-esteem or anything like that. What I'm telling you is what I've learned through my experience so that you can understand where I'm learning it from. God took my experiences and he taught me and revealed to me how he looked at my experiences through his eyes and pointed to me in the Bible on what he had to say about those those choices that I made. Just like I thought, you know, like as soon as I would open Walk in Your Worth, I'd be making a whole bunch of money. And little did I realize, again, this is kind of like with people who win the lottery. They're worthy of it. Anyone can win the lottery. You just, I mean, you have to invest a little bit. Like you have to be consistent and play on a regular basis. And before you know it, as whether it takes you weeks, months, or years, if you stick with it, you will hit big at some point. And if you never do, then, you know, that's just, it's not in God's will for you. But to the people who do win a whole lot of money, this is why you, this is basically what happens because it's their mindset, their patterns, their behaviors, their choices, and not really like, and also having a lack of knowledge and understanding of how to use money, how to save money, how to budget money, how to treat money for what it is, a tool, you know? It's it's not a living thing. It's not something that you can, like, carry around with you all the time and just think that it's just going to keep, you know, living and breathing. I mean, when you spend it, it's gone. It's done. It's dead. Until you get more. And if it took you 20 years to hit that big jackpot, <laughs> there's no way of guaranteeing that you're going to hit that again the very next day to bring it all back. So that's why, you know, people who do win the lottery... They go out and buy boats and houses and, you know, parts of, they'll go out and buy land. They'll go out and buy materialistic things, objects, items, stuff that really isn't a true asset. So it's not really making money. Some of the houses might. But again, think about it. (laughs) Why would you go out and buy something expensive if you can't afford to keep up with it month to month? There's the other kicker. And, again, winning something like the lottery is almost like a bonus check from work, if you think about it. It's not real income. It's a prize. It's a gift. It's an opportunity. It's a a nice thing to have. But if it's not returning to you in full, you know, week or biweekly or monthly... And it's just like a one-time thing or even with the lottery that claims to give you so much money per week for life. No, there's a cap on that. It's in the small print. But the whole point is that God wants you to be, in order to be a good steward for God with money, you got to know how to manage it. You got to know, you can't get emotional with it when it comes to greed or pride or envy. Um, If God tells you to give it away, give it away. Depending on how much he wants you to give, that's between you and him. But if you don't listen, either he's going to get it somehow, some way, because it's in his will, or he's just not going to trust you anymore because he sees where your heart's heading, and he's going to check you. He's going to give you a heart check. Some circumstances and things will happen in order to get you 
to kind of wake up to that. But if you choose to ignore it, he's going to have to allow it to happen so that he can, you know, have things basically turn out the way that he needs them to. Um, that means someone might steal money from you. Something might get broken or whatever because you were never meant to buy it in the first place. You don't get to enjoy it. Um, when it comes to worthy of wealth, again, the decision comes down to what God feels and believes about you. Like what he thinks as far as where you're at in your season and your walk with him. If... uh now, like, because I'll be honest, I was one of those people that used to go out to eat anytime I could. And God's trying to tell me, okay, like, if I want a house out in the country and I have goals, how am I going to ever reach my goal if I'm always spending money? If I'm even on the most littlest things? Like right now, if I were to go out to eat all the time like I used to, because I actually don't anymore. And the only way to get me to get to that point was to literally make any... I tried so many different foods, guys. Burger King, Wendy's, McDonald's, any place that I went. It tasted like crap. And it's not because they made crappy food. They to make good tasting food for the most part. But I couldn't do it on my own. Like I, I couldn't stop. I would still get tempted. And God was like, you know what? No, enough is enough. I need you to be in a certain spot in this season. And if you're not doing it yourself, then basically he's going to help me out by making things taste a little off or just like bad to the point where I don't want, I can't enjoy it. Like I don't want to go out to eat anymore. And it's not a bad thing. It's just in order for me to save money, what's the point of me going and buying groceries? Like we'll just be real. $150 or less for myself. Technically right now it's about like 80 just because it is just me, but when I'm eating really healthy, it's 150 or less. And if I were to go out and buy groceries and then also go out to eat, that kind of defeats the purpose of buying groceries, don't it? Especially when it's things that are like fresh fruit and veggies. That stuff if you buy it, you better eat it as soon as you can. Like, you can't wait around on that stuff unless you freeze it. But then it's not fresh anymore. See where I'm going with this? But I don't know. There's, like, so many other examples I can give that God was teaching me. I'm just going to have to write them all down or something and make a post about it. Because, <laughs> guys, there's just there's so much. But when it comes to being worthy of wealth... There's levels to the knowledge and understanding of wealth. Someone who is irresponsible with their money, someone who gets tempted a lot and falls into that temptation every time they're faced with a financial decision, and anytime someone says they're going to do this with their money and then they do the exact opposite, or maybe they... It kind of falls in the lines of temptation, but it's more like they lie about what they're going to do with it. God, you can play people all day long. You can tell people what you're going to do, but God knows what you're really going to do because he can read your heart. So when you get people like that, hoping and praying and wishing for a whole lot of money, no. 
one day you can get to a lot of money. But when you're starting out, there's a pruning process you're going to have to go through. God's going to have to get rid of that greed and get rid of that pride. He's going to have to get rid of the desire to chase money. Because if you're with God, he wants you to chase him, not paper. He wants you to chase your purpose, not paper. And that's what money is. It's paper. It's a tool. God wants to get you broken down to a point where you're submissive to him and obedient to him. That when you tell, when he tells you to donate here or give this person money, or if he tells you to not donate, that you're going to listen and you're going to do it. I mean, you might make mistakes because I mean, no one's perfect and he knows that. But it all goes back to the little basic stuff. Think about your life right now. If you want to be worthy of wealth, you got to be worthy with where you're at right now. If someone gives you $10 or you ask for $10 and you tell them you're going to pay them back, how long does it take you to pay them back? Do you pay them back full or does it, is it going to have to be $2 here, $2 there? Or do you tell them I'm going to pay you back and then you never see or hear from them for a long time to the point where they either forget about it or do, you know, they keep kind of like telling you they'll pay you back and they're asking for money, they'll pay you back. And now that $10 got racked up into 50 because it's five different times where it was $10. Like, let's say if you're going to the movies or something. See where I'm going with this? That's where, that's where, and I used to be like that. And the only way for me to break that was to literally tell, God was telling me to tell people no. It's exactly what my mom said. If you don't have the money, you don't get to go. If you don't have the money, you don't get to do it. It's just simple as that because the more you dig yourself in debt, the more you dig yourself a hole in owing other people back. Even if people offer to pay for you. It's okay, and I just had this recently. Um, a girl asked me to go to the movies with her, and I didn't have really any money to go because I didn't think it was going to be pay weekend this week. Um, I don't know if I was off or if maybe, like, the company I was working for decided to be nice and just let us have our paycheck now because it kind of got screwed up a couple weeks ago. But either way, I got paid. Didn't realize it, but she... uh out of her heart asked me if I would uh come with her and her family to go you know watch a movie and I haven't been to a movie since long before COVID so I was due for a movie and I really wanted to but you know self-discipline God's like you put yourself in school like I introduced you to Escoffier that's your dream to Escoffier wasn't my dream I had no idea they existed but culinary arts is my dream I'm a very artistic visual person like I really love art I really love food he somehow allowed it to fall into my lap and blessed me with an opportunity of a lifetime to get my degree and diploma in culinary arts and professional pastry. That's like thousands of dollars right there. So what he's telling me is you got to take it seriously. You got to have the self-discipline to say no and get caught up with your schoolwork instead of watching a movie because I would have to travel to
to go to this town to meet up with her, the city. Then the time it would take to watch the movie, spend time with her and her kids. Then it would be if we decide to go out to eat. At the time, I was thinking I, I didn't have money, so it would have to be asking money to have gas to get there. Her, So her paying for me for that. Or asking my sweet grandma, <laughs> because I have to go check on her today. So we got that going on. Two different people that could be owing me money. Or if I borrowed from both, there's two people now that I would have to owe money to. And then, to top it off, this girl's paying for my ticket to go see the movie. And if we go out to eat, she might have to pay for that. This is what I used to do when I was with friends at, when I was out drinking and stuff a couple years back. This is what I would do. If I didn't have money, I would still show up. I would just put it all on their tab and tell them I'd pay them back. And then I would try to pay them back. And sometimes they'd let me. Sometimes they wouldn't. Most of the time they would just say, you got the next round the next time when we go out to eat. Or, well, go out to drink. But that's the thing is like, these are the patterns and habits of everyday lifestyle choices that people make. And they don't even realize it actually is just related to their habits. And their choices. That's what God's paying attention to. He's paying attention to your habits, your choices, and your lifestyles. He's also paying attention to how quick are you to give a helping hand or lend a little bit of money if someone asks. Are you greedy if you have very little but God's asking you to give it up? And then also are you obedient when you have a lot or even a little And God's asking you to share. Are you obedient to him when you have money? A lot of money. And even if, when I say a lot, I mean like we could even say 500 or more. What I'm saying is that if God knows that you have a lot of bills to pay, are you going to be obedient and self-disciplined to be worthy of wealth right now with where you're at? Because this is still wealth. I remember a time where I was only bringing a 200, like 270 something dollar check a week years ago when I was, you know, working as a temp. I brought home a check that was over a thousand something dollars. That's what I mean. That right there, that's exactly what I mean. And I'm not speaking out of like I'm better than anybody. What I'm talking about is I've earned this. I have cried over this. I've prayed over this. I've worked my way to the top over this. I've been in food pantry lines because of being so broke and having like, even though I got paid, I still didn't have hardly anything to get by. And that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Like, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just telling you my story of where I've been and what I've learned. And from what I can tell you, (laughs) <laughs> never in my life would I have thought I'd ever get a paycheck that's over a thousand, a thousand something dollars. It is such a relief. But see, God's been able to trust me as I go, you know, higher with him. I still have a lot more learning to do because, like I said, there's new levels and new, just new everything when it comes to money. Like, The higher you go, I mean, there's going to be more responsibility. There's going to be more costs that you're going to have to do. Um, But what God's checking is mainly 
your overall overall lifestyle, your choices, um, when you're ma- when you're debating making decisions and you're trying to figure out should I buy this or should I not? Should I save money or should I not? Um, what are you doing to prepare for your future? What are you doing to make sure that you can, like for your part to get out of your debt or to get out of your rut? If you're doing nothing, then that's why you still have nothing. If you're showing a little bit of effort, God's going to meet you and he's going to, you know, he's going to tell that, okay, you're attempting, you're trying. I see, I see you doing that. Okay. Then let's start somewhere. But you got to be open to criticism. You got to be open to adjustments. You got to be open to and willing to try different things. Because what may work for someone else may not work for you and vice versa. But overall, God's checking your heart. He's checking to see where you're at with each step of or each level of the more money that you get in your life. Because it's very, I'll just say it like this. When I was working at my last job, I was ungrateful. I was making over about a thousand or more a week. And I lived it up like I was going to again, I was going to the bars. That's not where I needed to be. I was out there going out to eat left and right. It's not where my money needed to go. I didn't even have a savings account at that point. Should have started one. (laughs) The money I was making when COVID hit, if I had just I was supposed to have done it when I first started living in Crawfordsville, but I was disobedient and God revealed to me why he had asked me to open a savings account. Because if I had just done what he asked and put my money where it was supposed to be, there was a good chance that I may not have had to endure such a brutal experience during COVID when I lost my job. It took my entire like family to help me out with that. And I still owe on them. And right now I'm working towards getting out of that because it's like I want to pay them back because they, they deserve to have it all back. And even more just for helping me because they didn't even ha- they didn't even have to do that. They did it because they wanted to and because they love me. And that's how God is. If he's disciplining you, if he's revealing things to you, if he's exposing you, if he's trying to build you up, it's to get you to wake up and realize that your character, your choices, your decision making, your perspectives, they got to change your mindset, uh, what you value, what you see as a priority. What you consider, uh, you know, how much you put into savings. Like, all this stuff comes into play, guys. So when it comes to worthy of wealth, what it really boils down to is what are you worthy, or I don't know how to say it. What it really boils down to is are you worthy of the knowledge that you have? Because... When you know that you need to have a savings account, but you're not doing any effort to have one, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt like it did me. If you know that certain bills need to get paid at a certain time and you go and blow your money in a whole different direction, don't be shocked when things get shut off. I have not had that happen yet. Thank you, Lord. But I do know some people who have. And here's another one. When you know that money that you, if you're in a relationship, 
if you and that person are combining your money, not in a, a joint account, but I mean like when it comes to making payments on things, if you guys are doing the whole half sees thing where you meet halfway, he pays a half, you pay a half, or however y'all do it. If y'all aren't on the same page and you're not sticking to your word and you're not being faithful and honest with what you bring to the table and you're keeping money back for yourself because you want to spend a little bit or you just think that person won't notice, God notices. Oh yes, he does. That, that will be exposed at some point. And also it's not good to have a plan and then not follow through with it. And that's whether you are in a relationship or single or married or anything. Like there's a reason God wants us to budget. There's a reason he wants us to pay attention to where our money's going and also from where it's coming from. You know, I mean, if you have an opportunity to make money and you're over there praying to God, God, I need more money. And he's like, okay, well go get a part-time job. And you're like, I don't want to do that. That's sometimes you're you're going to have seasons in your life where in order to get to that next level or to get to that next step or to get out of debt, sometimes you're going to have to do what you don't want to do. That's just part of it. That's how it goes. And that's for any living soul on this earth. So, yeah, that's really all I got for you right now. I actually do have a list. I think it was 20 things I learned in 2020 about money. <laughs> I don't know if I'll, right now it's just written on paper. I might make a post about it. I don't even know. We'll see where that one goes. But for now, that is how to know if you are worthy of wealth. Is your heart in the right place? Are you doing things for the right reasons at the right time? Are you being obedient? Are you doing your part? Are you listening to God? Because you can bless people all day. But if God didn't tell you to bless that specific person and you just chose somebody because you felt that person needed to be blessed. That person may have just took off and, you know, used your money and now you got hurt. And God was trying to tell you the whole time. That's why I didn't want you to bless that person. So, yeah. Just know that being worthy of wealth can apply to anyone. It's just a matter at the end of the day of where your heart's at. If you're really going to be committed with God and you're really going to do your best to make the changes that need to be made in your life and be consistent with it. Don't give up on it. It takes a, it's very easy to get into debt, but it takes a while to get out of it. So stick with God and he'll get you out. All right. Bye guys.